Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Owen O'Sullivan and today's guest on the podcast is Dan Walsh from the Cork-based experimental band Fixity. They're just about to release their second album. It's called No Man Can Tell. It's out on Friday, April 12th on Penske Recordings, who also are responsible for releasing the debut album, The Things in the Room, a couple of years ago. And a couple of years ago, around the release of that album, I talked to Dan for the first time on the Point of Everything podcast. So that's TPOE 37. If you maybe want more of an introduction to the band, if you haven't heard Fixity before, maybe this will give you that introduction and kind of show you what Dan Walsh is all about because the 35-ish minute interview that follows is maybe a little bit more in-depth than that one about what you can expect from the new Fixity album. Uh, So maybe if you want to go back and listen to that, because it's really good, listen anyway, the archives, I've got an archive now, TPOE 37 if you want to check out the first interview with Dan, but Fixity, just, just so you know, just so you're caught up to date, it's, yeah, it's an experimental music group that's led by composer, drummer Dan Walsh. It's collective improvisation with a fluid cast of musicians from various fields of intrigue. And the press release says, In June 2016, Fixity released the first in a series of self-produced and self-titled albums on the Can't Cope cassette label. And since has recorded consistently with tenor saxophonist Emil Nerstrand, including a double LP on Penske Recordings in 2016 entitled The Things in the Room, also featuring guitarist Niels Anderson and Frederick Parson. That was recorded in a single evening at the historic Tamarine Studios in Malmo in Sweden. Since the release of The Things in the Room, Fixity has released two live EPs recorded in Cork and Malmo and have performed in Sweden and throughout Ireland with a cast of unique improvisers. Don't worry, Dan names everyone. Dan gets the whole list on on the interview when I put him on the spot. So you can keep your ears out for that one. Fixity are also heading out on tour as well. And if you've never seen them before, it really, really is something to behold. This kind of collective improvisation. It's really, really impressive. They're a really strong force live. Um, So that begins in Plugged in Cork on April 12th. Then they're in the Rogue Gallery in Waterford on April 13th. Letter Kenny's number 58 on the 20th of April, the 25th of April. It's the Blackgate in Galway. 26th is the Commercial in Limerick. And the 27th is Malarkey's in Clifton. Then the 2nd of May, they're in Unshaw. The 4th of May, they're in Leavis's in Ballet de Hob. And then on the 5th of May, they're in New River Studios in London. And there'll probably be a whole host more gigs announced over the summer as well. So definitely check out Fixity if you can. And definitely check out No Man Can Tell, the album that's released this Friday, April 12th. Let's get into it. This is myself and Dan having a really nice chat in, in his living room in Cork City about just less than two weeks, 10 days, let's say, before the album is released. How are you feeling about the album now? A couple of days before it comes out, are you happy with how it's turned out? Yes, I'm really happy with it. Like, yeah, I'm happy with how we did it. I'm happy with who I did it with and how it's being put forward. So, or presented, you know. So everything is kind of falling into place. Totally delighted. (laughs) Like, it's... Yeah, it's kind of fairly ideal. So tell me about like how it happened first. We were playing a tour with the bank uh, like a year and a half ago. Just fixed it in the bank. We were doing a couple of dates around the place. And so ev- kind of everybody was in the right place at the right time. And then it was 
Cork Jazz Festival and we were all kind of playing that weekend in different capacities or we did a fixity show and we did like uh, with some other lineups we did some jazz gigs and stuff and Emil and Niels were in the country Emil Nordstrand and Niels Anderson who were on the first record and I just had some ideas about a new kind of larger ensemble with two basses and two guitars so I wanted to try that and everybody was around so it was just time to do it so kind of booked some time with Paddy Cullen on the Monday of the weekend of the long weekend and we did it that evening and then there was one more shorter session a few weeks later maybe two weeks later with the five piece so it was kind of like this bag of tunes that were ready to go and everybody was around and we had done some gigs to work it out so it was kind of ready to record how did the ideas come to you is it just like while you're playing or or something or is it just like you talk about a theme or something that you have and you play and find the idea the kernel there and kind of develop it or is it more fully formed before you start playing or asking someone else i i love themes yeah like i really like like things that i'm interested in in the world like ideas about the world or whether they're like philosophy or you know ideas of like theoretical physics or just kind of abstractions of, di- of different um varieties thinking about things like that they kind of they do it doesn't make me like i think it actually now that i think about it like as an improviser you kind of have to like be able to say i can come up with a melody now uh so that's fine it's like it's looked after but then coming up with one that you can sign off on like and just that's your tune so that's a different thing so you'd be playing a lot like i'd be playing a lot on different different instruments and finding different melodies and that'll start something and then that'll be lying around for a while and then other ideas will start to to expand it because i'll have ideas about form that are based on like different things like world line which is a new tune on the the upcoming album it's the first track world line is an idea of like uh space time it's a, a an idea about the parameters of space time and how we m- move through it so it the, the name of that concept is world line and the tune i was writing and we were playing and it didn't have a name yet and then it lined up with my idea of what that is in terms of how we played it so sometimes things like will form they're allowed to be forming as we're doing it so i'll hold off sometimes on a title for a tune until like i know that it's it's that thing i'll just write down things that i'm interested in and like or just interesting phrases or whatever and they'll as much as anything, the the words will inform the forms of the the tunes, but they all start with just a s- simple melody. And and is that kind of the idea that's running throughout the whole album, or all the songs kind of recorded in a similar type of vein? They're recorded like just live with everybody in the same room. That's how they're recorded. So it's kind of it's interesting because you kind of have to like it's my responsibility to put across some of these ideas to the lads for them to be or like for us to be able to be on the same page and 
it's just creating like a mood or a, a like a new place to think in so i'll talk about some of these things like my, my ideas about different reasons for the forms of the tunes or different compositional ideas and then there's loads of like pretty much in every part of it there's room for improvisation you know so every aspect of the compositions can be changed by the people who are playing it with me so it's good to do it quick and we did it in a couple hours again you know so it's it, it works really well to do that music in that kind of way um d- does it take a while like did it take the couple of years in between albums to actually like think of what you wanted the second fix of the album to be or was it just you know in the month say before you recorded the album you were like oh yeah we should we should do another album no i I wouldn't like i wasn't thinking about i wasn't thinking about it like that i kind of think that could make a lot more albums if everybody was in the same place and like i I had the resources and things were just in place to be able to do that in in an ideal world i could absolutely do that you know just like way more but it was just everybody was in the right place at the right time i had the resources available to me so then it was possible the tunes are always ready i always have tunes ready always like (laughs) in case of emergency break yeah or just in case of not having any tunes ready (laughs) and and so who are the people involved uh on on the album like was it a case of who was around like did it matter that you had the core of fixity i guess which is kind of the swedish guys and then it was kind of augmented by like sending around a text like does anybody else want to do this yeah well on that tour we had um there had been different people involved like um kevin terry who's actually been who was on the first fixity gig in the first few shows like um he's been involved from since the start declan o'shea same deal he's been involved since the start it's a thing that i'm sharing with with people so it's kind of open like that and um they bring different things and sometimes it's a long-standing music relationship you know it was great and like it was super fresh making the things in the room because i literally met niels and friedrich the day before but with this this record it's there's more kind of there's like obviously i've played with those guys and we're like there's relationships that exist there now but on this record there's kind of more yeah there's like neil and declan and kevin so i'll run through it there's emil nurstrand on tenor sax and flute niels anderson on electric guitar kevin terry on electric guitar and clarinet phil christie on synthesizer uh Cahill mcgowan on percussion Neil O'Loughlin on bass, Declan O'Shea on bass, and I play drums. Hold on, I I had the list in front of me. I yeah. was like, "Who's he gonna forget?" Yeah, and yeah. You got that well done. <laughs> it's almost like in the list. Yeah, they're lads. Um, so that's like, yeah, those those people are people that are close to me. Like, you know, it's it's great. So to be able to do, you know, that's kind of what makes the decision as well in a way. You know, um they've just been been around and there's like strong musical relationships with with all those people that have been going on for a while so you just expand on those and you also you get pe- to introduce people to each other like bass players rarely play together 
so they rarely get to meet each other. But if you got two bass players, it's this whole new vibe, you know. And like, um, there's a lot of reasons for the instrumentation. So I was thinking about the instrumentation, and then as soon as I think th of that, people just come to mind, you know. Um, and they come to mind based on practical terms, and they come to mind based on like their sound, you know. It's important that it's people that are totally they've got their own thing, like they've got their own vibe. That that they're confident enough sort of thing to be able to get across their own vibe as well, I guess. Yeah, like they're comfortable in what they do and what they sound like, you know, and they don't want me to tell them what to sound like, you know. So in that way, then I don't have to. So it's great because I don't want to either. Yeah. Know? No, I, I was thinking before you said that you had met uh, Niels and Emil, Emil um, the day before. Uh, Friedrich. Friedrich. Yeah, um, Emil I've known for like a good while, like seven or eight years. Oh, okay. B before you recorded um, the, the first Fixity album with them, you only met them the day before. Like I was wondering, like, can you kind of tell the sound, like when there is a relationship there with someone as opposed to one that you've just met? Like, do, do they kind of go along their own lines in the session or is there kind of a confidence that kind of comes through playing with someone for a couple of years? I think it's up to me as a band leader to like set up that level of confidence for people sometimes as well like just to let them know that they're welcome and then it happens and like together then you can make it happen but if i was going in there going like oh i don't like that i don't like that i don't like that could you do it more like my thoughts you've obviously had experience with that the way you're the way you're talking like yeah like i've been playing i, I just like i play a lot of music so i interact with a lot of people yeah so have you found do you find that it's easier to get across your thoughts now yeah yeah because they learn from people you know and you learn from experiences that are good and bad and you learn what to say and what not to say and like what makes you feel terrible when someone says it to you and like okay never say that to someone so you know uh just like people stuff because it's so important, like this music is so important to me and to, and like it becomes really important to the to people that play it with me, I can see. And that's like a huge, you know, it's just a, it collect, becomes a collective experience then that we've had, you know, and that we can have. It's important, yeah, just to not be, yeah, it's like vibe control. It's like what tunes do you put on at the party to keep people just like chill or make them dance or whatever you know yeah and <laughs> and and so what was um the kind of thinking going into like um you already kind of talked about the themes but like that idea of the sound that you wanted you knew you wanted two bases for example like why did you want two bases was there a kind of a like wall of sound type effect that you were looking for like i, I don't know if i'd describe it as a wall of sound yeah. album but there's like a cacophony going yeah. on particularly towards the end of a lot of the tracks it almost sounds like you know you, you're pushing the drum set down sort of thing, yeah. throwing down the instrument at, yeah. a lot of, at a lot of the songs yeah uh, there's like i get that there's there's a lot of collective improvisation in it. like i don't think there's any solos on on it on the record you know as such there's either collective improvisation or just like ensemble playing but in regards to two bass player things, there's really there's a really interesting way that bass players outline chords and they don't do it like guitar players and they don't do it like melody instruments. 
they do it in a much sparser way and it's really interesting and it's kind of almost how I hear a melody I, I write a lot of stuff from the bass because it kind of has that built into the style of the instrument itself and you might move around in bigger intervals or just kind of leave bigger spaces and be really comfortable with silence bass players are really good with that and it's I wanted to hear Neil and Declan interact using those things that they know and to be able to hear it together and there's some records that I love by Wayne Shorter in around like 1969 1970 there's one called Odyssey of Iska uh, in particular and that's got two bases on it and I really I was listening to that record a lot at the time, in particular, um, and a lot of just kind of in that era of jazz and improvised music, actually, around where it was changing into the 70s. There was a lot of like two acoustic basses or, you know, like two, one acoustic bass, one electric bass. I really liked that sound. So I just then I was like, OK, I'll have that. Let's have that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> And and how did it work? Like when you were recording, it was like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted it to be like. Uh, it was better than I could ever imagine. Like I had one of my favorite bass players in the world over each cymbal. And that was amazing. Like really, really special. Like I can, I have photographic memory of, of, of Declan and Neil both being on either side of my drum kit, you know, like smiling at different times and like, turning into lunatics at different times <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> that's cool yeah <laughs> it sounds like uh this was a very happy recording like very kind of quick and happy yeah like we were all i don't know where we yeah we were all really kind of like wrecked actually like tired from working a lot yeah, for ja just a few days before the jazz weekend like you yeah, recorded this on the monday of the bank holiday yeah, weekend. yeah everyone yeah, is exhausted we were all like yeah so and we, that's probably your busiest weekend of the year as totally, well like you so probably played like 10 gigs or something over yeah, the previous was, three days it was nuts to do it on that night of the year you know but we we were all kind of like also playing a lot in the week running up to it so we were all kind of communicating at a pretty high level you know we might have been quiet and tired but no one was cranky and everybody was smiling and having a really nice time and like working really hard for like maybe four hours you know yeah it was it was really kind of funny and a bit giddy but like also very serious and we were getting down to some business like is it weird kind of like the fact it's an improvised album but it was recorded 18 months ago and that you've kind of been like sitting on it a little bit like yeah like what why the 18 months in between was it just kind of getting the release together or something or is it just other stuff gets in the way well both like i'm really busy like i have to keep busy to make a living and to just like be making things and like to make a living and to make a worth worthwhile living i'm yeah i'm always doing a lot of different stuff but also just the kind of practicalities of being able to do it so First of all, deciding that, it, like, first of all, it was recorded. And then I mixed it. And before anybody heard it, it was done. Just, like, finished. And in between, me and Patrick Cullen were working on, on like, post-production things for the album. Just 
what we what we could do with the sound go bigger and then it was mixed and then it was done and then Albert heard it and he decided that it was going to be a record and then we have to decide when are we going to do that when is it even possible you know so and in between you got to prepare like loads loads of things and get the masters and make sure everything is right and that you can just ha be happy with it when it's done and I'm not used to working like at, like like that kind of but it's I totally it's kind of it's a special privilege to be able to because like in a way like just putting something out on vinyl is, is like completely out of my reach without help so and to me like I get the thing in my hand and then I say to myself this lives longer than me you know that's so that's huge for me you know and you just want to take time and make sure it's right because it's going to outlive you um, and it, you want it to be like the most accurate possible representation of you at that time that you were playing that music the music is done and then everything else is just like framing you know and just pre preparation and finding artwork and things like that and this time like Kate O'Brien Kate Bo O'Brien who's an artist based in Dublin she made absolutely amazing artwork for this album like and she did it in a completely mind-blowing way like without a camera or without a computer or anything and it's like she kind of they're photograms so they're made in the darkroom I can't even fully explain how and maybe I shouldn't but for it to look like something that exists but it doesn't exist it just never existed that's kind of like a thing that really tickles me in art you know and it's just beautiful I, I can't stop looking at it myself and can't believe it's on the record you know so huge shout out to Kate <laughs> was this kind of a learning curve as well like kind of it sounds like getting all your ducks in a row first of all it's kind of like yeah not streamlined the process but made it kind of like like a, a checklist of things that you have to do before you release an album yeah and then be making loads of other music in, in the meantime yeah and you kind of have to just keep checking in when you can and just making that progress when you can and just like try and be consistent as consistent as you can about it and then it'll happen you know and now it's happening like next week so that's the job that's what that is I'm delighted and was it nice to have Albert back involved as well? He released uh, the first album on Penske Recordings, did a nice uh, double gatefold vinyl release again. Were you kind of like, hopefully Albert will put this out? Or had he said beforehand, like, just come to me with the next thing and we'll there was sort no, it out? Like, there was no come to me with the next thing. We were just, just like, when it was done, when I had it mixed, I sent it to everybody that was involved and a few other friends including Albert and it wasn't kind of like yeah just he he just I mean I would feel pretty strange asking someone to do something like that so I didn't it was his, his idea and that's you know uh, it's amazing it's an amazing thing it's so, just a nice like vote of confidence in you as well I guess yeah it's crazy like from 
someone whose taste I admire, you know, like I really respect all the things he's been involved in and he's a champion. So it's a, yeah, it's a huge honor to have him on side. Like he's a legend. Uh, Speaking of tastes, like were there albums and sounds uh, that you have in mind? You mentioned one earlier. Like reference points for yeah. the new album? Yeah. Uh, no, not really. Just like there was kind of ideas about instrumentation, but there was no ideas really about what it should sound like, the finished product. Cause like you didn't play any records beforehand to people or anything like that? Like I'd love to no. capture this type of sound or something. No, there was one rhythm in particular uh, that's like... Um, that was on one of the tunes I'm not going to tell you but I just had to kind of like take one member of the band aside and be like okay this is this rhythm that you've never never thought about and it was it's like the simple I don't know it's just this really simple reggae thing actually but it's funny like showing people reggae when, when they don't listen to much reggae I find that really fun and just being like no I'm really serious about this reggae and kind of being like, this is interesting, isn't, it? isn't this interesting? But, and then kind of blowing it, or like, you know, making something completely different out of it. But there's always like, you know, there's reference points for like musical ideas, but not really like records that I want to, to sound like or anything, because that'd be, I don't know, I'd just annoy myself. I, you know, trying to do something like that would be really hard for me, because like, unless it was like a straight up like garage rock album, uh, something like that but it's like it's not that it ha- to me like this music should should never have existed before so that's that was the idea for a sound oh that is know. a really good really <laughs> nice like uh reference um uh in and of itself like uh I, I guess it's just like fixity has become more defined like as the years have gone by like you've played more gigs together and like kind of separately like i don't think there's been any fixity gig without you no yeah it's like yeah like you're probably the only person who's played all of the fixity gigs i am i guess so it i i guess everyone has kind of seen different versions of it but Mm -hmm. it's kind of become its own kind of defined thing yeah maybe people understand it a little bit more both the players and the audience i guess and i guess you as well to some degree kind of like understand what fixity is and like where you want to go with it absolutely yeah like i have a I have an understanding of the framework that it is now, you know, because it's kind of, it's like, it's not a band, it's not really like a nickname that I'm after giving myself, these kinds of things, it's like, just, it's a, it's a thing in itself, and I am the main person who feeds it, sometimes other people are doing that too, you know, and it's just like throwing coal in the fire. Yeah, I've definitely learned what it is. But then it'll be different tomorrow. And that's the whole point, like, for me. And, like, recorded 18 months ago, like, have you done more recording? Like, do you already know what the next stage of Fixity looks like? Or are you just kind of savouring this stuff at the moment? I've got tunes for the next one. So, or whatever's next, you know. Um, There's tunes there. And I'm just working away. Um... Not sure what that'll be yet, what it'll look like, whether it'll be any, what I don't know what variety of instruments it'll be, but I'll make a decision on that some afternoon and try and make it happen. 
the main thing for me is once I have like music, once I have some frameworks and some forms, then as soon as I get some people together, like we're making the music and whether it's for an album or it's on a gig, it's still just about the doing. So the gigs over the next few weeks are going to really do me a lot of good because that's the work that I love, you know. It's it's like what I'm here to do, so it's important and it feels good. Do you think of like the different forms in terms of the different people and acts that you um, make music with? Like you do uh, Senior Infants with Colin McGowan and you do, I'm trying to think of other acts, like you've probably got like a whole list of ones that you can reel off. I don't, I people are always asking me to do that, but or like, do you know how many bands are you playing in now? Uh, but... At the moment, there's there's a lot of different collaborations, you know, that are kind of like happening sporadically, just and they're like musical relationships with people, because I, I don't, I'm not the kind of person that's just in a band and doesn't play with anybody outside of that band. I get really bored really quick if I was trying to do that. Um, so I have loads of those things, and then there's kind of projects that right now are busier at any given time can change you know so right now we're like senior infants we've been playing a few gigs and we're working on another thing that's going to be out and then the great balloon race we've got a load of music ready to go as well not earth we just put out a new album on Bandcamp. it's called no shit just finished mixing an album for arthritis which is uh, it's going to that's an absolutely amazing album and I can't wait for people to hear that what else I don't know yeah loads of other stuff then like people that I'm improvising with and did a show a few weeks ago it's Inma Pavon the dancer a duo show which is drums and dance and that was really special I really got something out of that yeah it's kind of like challenging yourself a little bit yeah super challenging because like I deal with music that's what I deal with but then dealing with a, a dancer, like you're, there's a there's a trade off there where where a certain amount of go- what's going on at any given time is extra musical, you know, and that's stuff that's all new to me, or like that I don't have a. It's like all discovery on that end for me, so that's it's a really beautiful experience, like being able to do something like that. Um, myself and Phil Christie of the Bank have a a duo they're doing a few things called the at this times we played two weeks ago in unshaw in dublin and we're playing on the 18th at the cork improvised music club in the roundy that's me on woodwinds and phil on synth and guitar and that's an improvised music project yeah a lot of stuff going on how does say recording with cahill and senior infants differ from fixity or does it is it just like a different person that you're talking to and like the results are the same as in the music comes out at the end of it and it's a collaboration with Cahill it just happens uh that's the best I can do that's the best I can say regarding that senior infants is another world we can't talk about it (laughs) whatever happens happens well it is happening that's all I say. And you mentioned Phil from O Emperor there. I'm going to ask you about O Emperor's Choice Prize win. Uh, 
did you pay much attention to it? Like, did you think the lad stood a chance? And were you happy with uh, the outcome? I wasn't paying much attention to it, no, honestly. Um, stuff like that kind of goes over my head. But I kind of like, you know, you can't help but be exposed as well. So you kind of see the conversations that are happening. I was glad that they were nominated because it's just always good to see people that you know firsthand are working incredibly hard like when you know because you're friends of them there's or whatever like that and you can see how hard they're working that gives you a different like it's kind of a strange one so you don't you can't really make calls but you just feel good for them you know um and i love their music so that's help as well i hadn't even thought about like will they or won't they win i kind of maybe just thought they wouldn't because to me like usually awards are just like award shows are just kind of I don't know they're, they're not kind of like the place where like the uh, the ideals of music and all these things they're not usually the place where like they, it, that all lines up for me like so I don't think about it a lot but when they won then yeah I was delighted because I know they deserve things like that and they've deserved things like that the whole time you know it's just a pity people couldn't pay attention earlier. I've always said that, like, you know, it took them a while to make the album that they wanted to make sort of thing. You know, it kind of took them like th their whole lifetime to make Jason. And I think that they made an album that they were like 100 percent genuinely happy with and kind of were rewarded with it. Whether yeah. you agree with that. Yeah, I was sort of like I was talking to a friend about it and. I feel to be honest, I feel pretty ignorant about what it like what go, what goes on with the choice prize or uh, so I, I can't really give a, an educated analysis of it as such but I just have conversations with my friends about things like so like that but it, a friend of mine was saying that because it's like a critics award or like it's more it seems like more of a an award that um, yeah it's like people involved in the criticism side of things or like you know journalism radio yeah yeah which i could i suppose call criticism you know on in an umbrella term but like because of that i think it was amazing for them to get it you know and i agree with my buddy who explained that to me <laughs> you know because if it was like a, a thing where the general public voted they wouldn't have got that like they you know like the pr machine wins that award so yeah, picture, picture this one song of the year. So it's kind of weird. On the same night, picture yeah, this like that's ridiculous. won an award. Oh, Emperor won like that's the bigger award. That's completely ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just, that that's not yeah. the world that I'm trying to pay attention to. You know what I mean? It's been a couple of months now since they announced they were they were quitting and stuff. Oh, Emperor, like, are, are you sad to see them go? Or are you like, I'm still making music with some of the lads and the other lads are making music as well. It's like that phase is over and a new one is kind of beginning like would you be that sad about it or are you just like what happens happens no i'm not sad about it i their records are there you know i think they'll all make music you know i know that they are they're they're making music you know um i trust them i trust their decisions in these things i believe them in them as kind of individuals and uh, artists so I, I think, yeah, like it's, 
it's interesting to me to see things like stuff like that you know um it makes you think about the future of your own things or whatever like how to do it uh but i kind of you have to let people make these decisions you know who might say that they shouldn't have done that yeah and i think like and to be honest anybody who have heard saying things like that it's like oh why did they stop like it's like they because they decided to and that's it's their band you know so i kind of just have to i try and just go with things like that you know because yeah. otherwise you're just working yourself up about things where you should be looking to the future you know mm. you've got the memories and the records and the records that they made and that it's for everybody that's the part of them that they left around for everybody so let's appreciate that you know yeah i always think of them as like they, they've been so important to cork music over the past like decade that they've been together and like the big skin uh studio up in york street that isn't there anymore no it's not it's a car park now it's a car park now like i I just think that it it was kind of you know they helped so many people along the way and now like we're seeing kind of like (laughs) the children of Emperor. yeah maybe like i'd say yeah i think like them turning up and like you know the lads they play their instruments at a very high level you know for that to just be around the place is very inspiring to people you know it kind of lets you know like oh jesus i can't really sit back and just do the like shortcuts or you know you kind of be, got to be pushing yourself and it's it's like yeah it was a good thing it's always a good thing for bands like that to be around that are like just absolutely forward thinking and they don't they don't give a shit what's going on around them they're just they're just into what they're doing and like you can hear that in their tunes like you know you can and the way they frame all their records the way they have done it it's like all completely the way they meant to do it as you know as, as soon as big skin operation was operational and it still is you know it's just like brendan's still working out working out of his studio and recording people and um doing loads of stuff and phil is doing the bank paul is working on things as well in, in the quiet that i don't know much about really but i'm excited about because i He's just an undeniably good lad for tunes. Um, and and so, like, coming back to Fixity, like, do you have any goals with the album? Or is it like, I've released the album, it's on vinyl, that's, like, the goal marked off for me? The goal is to sell them. You know, because I just want to spread it, like, I just want to get it around the place. I want it to, like, be going away from me or something. Like, because it's, it's beyond us now. You know, and I just went and like not sell them like capitalists sell them, but like just get them into people's hands and it's like handing it to someone and then they're a stranger and they walk away and you never see them again is really cool. It's a cool feeling because you don't know where they're gone with it, who they're telling about it, you know, what it's doing to them, what it's not or whatever. It's just you kind of it's this kind of nice freeing thing, you know. Cool. Well, hopefully um, no man can tell. Yeah. Uh, we'll go into lots of uh, men who we can't tell. No. Come on. I was trying to think of the right outro. But, uh, <laughs> let's just say that it's out on April 12th. You'll be able to buy it on fixity.bandcamp.com. Yeah. And you're doing a tour to support it. Yeah. And all that. Um, congratulations on it. It sounds nice really one. good. And uh, 
look forward to hearing the next one i'm gonna savor this one first though yeah yeah there, there's plenty to come out of me i think let's go cool thanks a lot dan thanks thanks so much.